Good morning and welcome to Simply Finance. It's Saturday, February 10th. On today's show, Honda Finance Arm discloses CFPB credit reporting probe and Wall Street waltzes past its latest milestone as S&P 500 closes above 5,000. Plus, find out how AI will change the ways financial advisors manage your money. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Finance. While we may not have enough information to delve deeper into our previous topic, let's shift our focus to the recent gains in U.S. stocks. On Friday, Wall Street hit its latest record, milestone, and winning week. The S&P 500 rose 0.6%, and finished a day above the 5,000 level for the first time. This marks the 10th record in less than a month for the index, which closed its 14th winning week in the last 15. Here to discuss this further is Celeste, a correspondent for Simply Finance. Can you tell us more about these recent market movements? Certainly, David. The Nasdaq Composite jumped 1.2%, pulling within 0.4% of its own all-time high, which was set in 2021. The Dow Jones Industrial Average, however, slipped 54 points, or 0.1%, a day after setting its own latest record. These milestones, like the S&P 500 at 5,000, don't carry much weight for a market that's supposed to move on hard numbers like interest rates, profits, and revenue. But they can boost the market's momentum, which can also be prone to emotional moves. What's been driving Wall Street's rally? The rally started with hopes that cooling inflation would prompt the Federal Reserve to cut interest rates. However, such cuts seem to be coming later than hoped as reports continue to show a remarkably solid economy. This strength has raised expectations for company profits, which supports stocks. For instance, Cloudflare, the cloud services company, saw its shares jump 19.5% after reporting stronger profit than analysts expected for its latest quarter. And what about the role of big tech stocks in this rally? Big tech stocks have been doing most of the market's heavy lifting for more than a year, partly due to the excitement around AI technology. NVIDIA, Microsoft, and Amazon were the three strongest forces lifting the S&P 500 after each rose by at least 1.6%. Have there been any notable losses? Yes, PepsiCo dropped 3.6% after reporting weaker revenue for the latest quarter than analysts expected. The company said growth is slowing as customers are returning to their pre-pandemic snacking behaviors. Expedia also tumbled 17.8% despite reporting stronger profit than expected. The company gave forecasts for the first three months of 2024 that analysts said pointed to slower growth in bookings. What's the overall sentiment on Wall Street right now? Profits have largely been coming in better than expected for the big companies in the S&P 500 this reporting season, which is roughly two-thirds finished. This has helped optimism rise on Wall Street. However, some contrarians say it may have gone too far and carried stocks to too expensive heights. A contrarian measure kept by Bank of America is leaning more towards sell now than buy, though it's not at convincing levels. That was Simply Finance reporter Celeste. Thanks so much for being here. In a shift of focus, let's discuss Senator Tom Tillis's strong opposition to the bipartisan child tax credit and business tax bill. Bella, our correspondent for Simply Finance, is here to delve into this. 
Can you tell us more about Senator Tillis's objections to this bill? Certainly, David. Senator Tillis has several issues with the $78 billion legislation. He believes that other Republicans on the Finance Committee share his views and that the bill would only be viable if it undergoes significant changes in markup. As it stands, he's committed to ensuring every Republican member opposes it. He's even gone as far as saying that the likelihood of the legislation passing has been decreasing as the week progresses. What are the main points of contention for Senator Tillis and other Republicans? The main concern for Senator Tillis is the provision in the bill that is meant to pay for the tax cuts. The bill proposes changes to the Pandemic-Era Employee Retention Tax Credit, or ERC, to fund the tax cuts. It would strengthen enforcement and penalties tied to fraudulent ERC claims and would bring an early end to the processing of claims. While the Joint Committee on Taxation estimates that the ERC changes would result in just over $77 billion in savings, making the overall bill deficit neutral, Senator Tillis and other Senate Republicans believe this provision is deceptive as it's merely dialing back a pandemic-era program that was already adding to the debt. What about the child tax credit provision? How does that factor into the opposition? The legislation would allow parents to rely on the prior year's income to calculate the child tax credit for this year and next. Some conservative groups and lawmakers, including Senator Tillis, have argued that this provision could lead some parents to quit the workforce in some years. Additionally, Senator Chuck Grassley, another member of the Finance Committee, has expressed concern that expanding the child tax credit during an election year could boost President Biden's chances of staying in office. Despite the opposition, the bill did pass in the House. What does this mean for those who negotiated the legislation? Indeed, the bipartisan passage of the tax package in the House is a legislative win for House Ways and Means Chairman Jason Smith, who negotiated the legislation directly with Senate Finance Committee Chairman Ron Wyden. The legislation not only expands the child tax credit, but also contains several business provisions, including extending two major tax deductions for investment that were included in the 2017 GOP tax overhaul, but have since expired. What's the likelihood of these provisions being extended next year? Senator Tillis has expressed hope that Congress can extend these transformational expired tax provisions next year. However, he does not believe the bill in its current form will be an acceptable way to do so for Senate Republicans. He's open to discussing a child tax credit bill that comes together with tax extenders for the provisions in the 2017 tax bill, but not the current proposal. After hearing from Bella about the ongoing debate over the bipartisan child tax credit and business tax bill, let's shift our focus to the financial advice sector. Here, innovation often stirs up existential anxiety among financial advisors who fear that new technology might negatively impact their jobs or diminish their value. However, the focus today is on generative AI, a rapidly evolving technology that promises to change the ways we interact with nearly everything including financial advice. Here to discuss this further is Michael, a correspondent for Simply Finance. Can you tell us more about how generative AI is impacting the financial advice industry? Certainly, David. Generative AI, or GenAI, has the potential to streamline and augment administrative tasks, freeing up advisors to focus on more valuable tasks. It can assist with content generation for routine communications, such as client check-ins, 
meeting reminders, and market updates. It can also help in knowledge management, synthesizing and distilling a lot of information quickly. For instance, GenAI can summarize comparisons between products, helping advisors make educated decisions more quickly for their clients. It can even distill prior client correspondence into more easily digestible notes and prompts as advisors prepare for upcoming meetings. That sounds like a significant shift. But what about the risks associated with GenAI? Indeed, there are risks. One is the potential for advisors to jump into a GenAI-focused partnership without conducting sufficient due diligence. It's critical that advisors develop guidelines to vet potential partners and their technology. Another risk is a lack of awareness around the parameters of the GenAI platform they're operating in. Some platforms are open to the public, and advisors should consider oversight measures to ensure no confidential, proprietary, or client information is shared. Lastly, advisors should develop processes to spot risks related to hallucinations and biases. Hallucinations can occur when AI provides a response to a question it hasn't been trained to answer, and biases can perpetuate prejudices or stereotypes. So it's a balance between leveraging the benefits of GenAI and managing the associated risks. Exactly. With GenAI, advisors can more effectively manage their time and devote more energy to creating personalized experiences and building deeper relationships with clients. Advisors who welcome technology and incorporate it judiciously have the potential to deliver better results for clients. Thanks for that valuable insight, Michael. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Finance. We'll see you back here tomorrow.